It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. We're in the midst of Wild Card Weekend. So throw down $5 for new customers only on any team that you think is going to win. And guess what? You get $280 in free plays. That simple, that easy. Make it happen right there. You know what? If you had bet on the Bills, you'd probably be feeling pretty good about your $280 right there. With uh, Anthony Cimino, John Schuster, I am merely Mike Luke in the uh, upper left corner, or depending on how you look at it. Arizona rolls today 82-64, to and Anthony, um, you know, you've been, uh, you have a real job unlike us, so uh, you uh, haven't been able to be on here as much as we would like, but this team's dangerous. This team can absolutely beat any team in the country, and they can do it in a variety of ways. And this was a game that in the first half, I didn't even think Arizona played well. And guess what? They almost they come back and they win by 18. Yeah, you you think they didn't play well, Mike? Come Correct. on. Correct. They did not play well, Mike. Okay, thanks. Um, another another kind of slow start for them. And you know, we kind of noted you know, 10 turnovers, one of eleven shooting in the first half from three-point range. Took them a while to probably get the energy up from missing Creesa. Um, but like they did against Colorado, I expect them to figure it out. They're they're too good to keep down for for that long again, especially against a team like Utah. Okay, Utah was, you know, they're not they're not particularly good, but they did manage to do what they needed to do, which was make some early shots, which prevented Arizona from getting out in transition. And if you do that. You're going to keep the game muddy. You're going to keep the score close, and you're going to have a chance. But then the uh, you're not going to keep Arizona down because even with a seven-man rotation, they're too good and too balanced. And before you know it, and, and again, especially against a team like Utah, they're just way too big. And they're way too big against a lot of teams. And in that 21 nothing run, the three bigs scored 14 of those points. So they just have too many ways to beat you. 
I thought McLean and Schuster. I thought I thought uh, Don McLean. Uh, I caught the second half at home. I thought Don McLean made an interesting point too, where he said it's kind of like what Anthony just said, where he said, you know, this team can hit you in a variety of ways. He said, but you generally don't see teams that can score in bunches like this. That oh yeah, by the way, have a seven foot one and a six foot eleven guy on the back end right there to take chances with. And this is going to be Arizona's approach, I think. Uh, well, it's clear that this is going to be Arizona's approach. The Cats are just going to try to continually force pace for 40 minutes. And the thought process is that eventually the other team is going to blink and Arizona can go on a run at some point. And we've seen a lot of impressive Arizona runs this season. And we've seen them at different times during the course of the game. Uh, started off really strong against Wyoming. This game, the 21-0 run took place in the second half, and that was after Utah had tied it by hitting three consecutive threes or two threes, I think, and a two. Uh, and then Arizona went, went on the run that ultimately uh, put it away, and uh, then they just coasted uh, down the stretch. Uh, and, and, and I think what has happened for most of Arizona's opponents is that there's a depth issue, a talent issue. Eventually, they kind of wear down under the stress of what Arizona is constantly attempting to do. So there are points throughout the process where Arizona doesn't look particularly good. Uh, the process this time was most of the first half. Uh, but <laughs> because of what they do, uh, they're in, they, they put themselves in a position where, you, you know, they can still open up fairly significant leads and do it fairly quickly. And uh, tonight's game was an example of that. Anthony's right. Arizona did not play well tonight, but uh, still won this game in pretty convincing fashion. Yeah, you, you remember, Mike, there were a couple of those Sean Miller years where it seemed like every game was close at about the 10 minute mark of the second half. Right. And then they just totally dominated. And they, at that point, they wore teams out primarily because of, you know, grinding and being physical and just making it hard for the other team offensively. This team just wears you down because they are going to run every single chance they get. And that's awesome. And it's not, and it's not BS running too. Like we always talk about, you know, like the, the faux fast break where, you know, let's run in the ball to half court real quick and then stop. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yo, you're looking – with Tommy Lloyd, it looks like you're looking to score the ball within about three seconds right there where it's off of the transition, the secondary pass, and then you got – And then you yeah. attack, but you really attack. I mean, everybody – I mean, it's been mentioned in stories and broadcasts, but, you know, if you look at the Ken Palm numbers, they've got the shortest possession length in the country. That's right. That's amazing. And they're the highest scoring team in the country. So you know what? Those kind of go hand in hand right there. Are they number one or number two, Mike? Not that they matter. It doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> All right, sorry. Well, well I thought they were – they used to be number one, so I'm just going to roll with that because that well, sounds cool to me. Well, it's Tommy Lloyd's nice old team, I think, took over. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. It's a nice position to be in, uh, ultimately. There, there, were a, there, were, there are a number of analytics uh, areas where Arizona ranks in the top five. And that's offensively and on the defensive end. They, they're among the lead. Oddly enough, and this kind of surprises me a little bit, but I think it has to do with pemp, uh, more with tempo and number of shots taken. Arizona is among the national leaders in rebounding. I'm not even sure they're yep. necessarily a good rebounding team, but their numbers at this stage indicated uh, that that has been a big positive for them. They're among the uh, national leaders in block shots. 
We know they're among the national leaders in offense and uh, defensive efficiency, too. And if you throw those things together, it gives yourself uh, an opportunity. They have a team with the talent and a style that is dangerous and can be dangerous as this season progresses. Mm -hmm. And I I think one of our uh, viewers noted below that it's an interesting problem that Arizona has when you win a game by 18 and they didn't play particularly well. But if you look at the way Arizona shot three-pointers in the first half, Utah's strategy was awesome. I think Utah's strategy seemed to be, I'm going to shoot threes, let them shoot threes. (laughs) And, and, uh, And Arizona kept shooting threes, and they weren't making them. And, and and that gave Utah an opportunity to stay in the game, even though it seemed inevitable, uh, Anthony and Mike, that, uh, you know, that was something. Yeah, that, that's true, Anthony. Uh, that uh, sans Mike. Uh, that, <laughs> that, oh, well, what do you know? Hey, it's the Mike Blue cameo. Anyway, right. one, of the things also, one, one of the things beyond Arizona's, and, and, and again, we'll see this a lot. Arizona's going to push the tempo. Arizona's going to try to have a controlled, up-tempo running game. They're going to try to score in transition by virtue of pushing it with defensive rebounds or block shots and, of course, trying to get steals in transition. And I think Utah had over 20 turnovers tonight, so that played very well ultimately into what it was that Arizona was trying to accomplish, and in the end, uh, they were able to do so. From an individual standpoint, one of the things that I've liked to see in the last couple games is that it appears Tabellus is has been a lot more aggressive and a lot more a focal point and a willing focal point in what it is that Arizona wants to do. And if he can be an effective participant in one-on-one matchups and Matherin can be an effective participant in one-on-one matchups and you get Crease and some of the other guys involved, Arizona obviously can be a a real problem for a lot of defenses. And one thing I, I was, I was, you know, John Schuster, it's like you're a smart man that's been doing this longer than I have because my entire takeaway from this game was, and we've talked about it quite a bit, Tommy Lloyd has talked about Azulis Tabellis and wanting him to be the guy that exerts himself out there that, you know what, I am better than you almost every single time I'm going against any, any other person out there. And it seems like too many times he's been solid, but it's like a 13 and seven solid where it feels like he's far more capable of the kind of games. And again, I don't expect you to go for 34 and eight or whatever he went for tonight, but it seems like this guy should always be flirting with like a 20 and 12 line or a 21 and nine line, because he's definitely more than capable of doing that there. AG. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't get Matherin and Tabellas going 30 each in the same game, but I, I think, I think it's nice that you have, you have at least two go-to guys. Both of those guys can create. Doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter the defense. Doesn't matter what level of the court they're at. They can score against anybody. So you got two guys there. You've got a guy in Krista who's absolutely fearless and will take any shot that's offered to him. And then you have a bunch of complimentary guys who, if you leave open, they can probably knock down a shot or get you a bucket. Mm-hmm. But having those two guys solves a lot of late game problems solves a lot of the late game problems we saw during some of the sean miller years for sure well and and things seem natural out there when and this, i think this kind of goes into your uh uh it always felt forced when a miller team when they were in a close game it always felt like okay we're gonna pound the ball until there's and do like a you know a little cross weave action or something and wait till about nine seconds left and then just 
drive or do something like that. Mm-hmm. With with Arizona, everything is motion. Everything, especially when they go on a pick and roll, like the the roller can either dive, he can pop, he can post, he can do a lot of different things that I think makes guy, especially young kids like that. It's a far more fluid activity out there, shoe that I think. And you being the Gonzaga. And joking aside, John Schuster has actually watched a lot of Gonzaga basketball over the years, and he is rightfully spiking the football in my face for my mocking of Gonzaga, he not taking it to <laughs> not taking it to the next level. But this feels a lot like those Gonzaga teams that you've grown to love, there, John Schuster. And and I think if you're a Wildcat fan, you ought to like that as well. Right. You know, it's not it's not a bad comparison. You know, you've been through, uh, you know, the previous regime and the previous regime won a lot of games, especially at its height. And as Anthony noted, uh, they they were a team that wore you down with physicality and that and that was their approach. And that approach was effective. That approach is effective for other programs as well. There, there are a variety of ways. And one of the one of the things that's fun about college basketball is that there are a variety of ways that you can be successful and win. And coaches have different philosophies. But. If you want an entertainment aesthetic in the team you're watching, hoping obviously that you win a lot of games and make deep tournament runs too, liking a Gonzaga and liking what Tommy Lloyd is doing at Arizona is a good thing. You know, yes. it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a, a, it's a positive comparison. It's, right. like, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, are there criticisms for the Gonzaga style? Yes. And this Arizona team has some of those issues. How physical are they ultimately against really athletic teams that are going to stick it to them defensively? It's a, it's a legitimate question, you know, and, and there are some teams out there and, and we've seen them occasionally on this schedule and ten, Tennessee's an example. And to some degree, you might want to be a little bit concerned with what Arizona losing at uh, at Tennessee and Kentucky today blowing the doors off that same basketball team. You know, there there are a lot of fluctuations in matchups, but the point is that there's a lot. There are a number of teams out there that approach things differently than Arizona that might be difficult matchups for the Cats. However, aesthetically, in the way that Arizona plays. You know, they're going to be a difficult matchup for a lot of teams as well. And uh, it feels like it ought to be fun uh, come NCAA tournament time. So, you know, it, it's a this is a weird one. And I think we're going to have a lot of weird ones. Because, again, as Anthony noted, Arizona didn't play well tonight. Right. If you break this down into how many minutes were they good and how many minutes weren't they? Mm-hmm. What was it? 15 to 25 yeah. leaning toward the not so good? Yeah, they were really good for almost eight minutes when they went on the 21-0 run. Right. But I thought they were – remember they were up nine, about five minutes in the second half. I thought, okay, that's it. Game over. And then uh, Gotch hit those back-to-back threes, and Utah got – made it a game again right before the run. But I want to back up just a real sec, quick second, Mike. So I thought you were going to say I want to back up a real segment, and I was like, okay, go ahead. We need some real segments on So I want – so – Schuster, I want to get to the origins of the Gonzaga thing. Did you start following them because of the style and the entertainment value, or was it something else? Uh, style and entertainment value definitely played into it, but but I have a an underdog nostalgia that comes into into play. I like I I like the idea of underdogs being successful and making good runs. I like boys, you know. Obviously, you like to to see Arizona win, but you know the if Boise State can play well against 
you know, higher level, more traditional power conference teams in football, that's a great thing. If Gonzaga can do the same thing in basketball, I think that's fantastic. I think it's good for the sport, and and they are the poster child now for that. And to the point where now they're no longer calling them an underdog is ludicrous. Yeah. It's silly. They just happen to be an excellent program that plays in a small, you know, conference that isn't particularly deep and doesn't get the kind of talent top to bottom that uh, a lot of the other uh, more notable leagues do. But, uh, you know, so so those were the things. It, it was also very easy to like Gonzaga because of the offensive style that they played. You know, they, they run a lot of good sets. And if you just want to watch basketball from an entertainment standpoint, sure, you can look at Dick Bennett and Tony Bennett and Sean Miller and, you know, some other, you know, Ryan up at uh, Wisconsin and, you know, appreciate what it is that they're able to accomplish with the talent to some degree that they have, but it isn't aesthetically pleasing. Uh, so would I rather, you know, invest my time watching Gonzaga and watching this version of Arizona than I would watching those teams? Yeah. And I hope the fan base feels the same way. All right. One thing though, that the fan base has wrapped their head around right now. And if you haven't, you should be is the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX. All right. You're saying Mike, What's that all about? I've been watching this, but I haven't heard you mention DraftKings. Well, you haven't been listening then. All right. So you throw down $5. <laughs> you throw down $5 on an NFL game. Uh, wild card weekend here for new customers only. And if that team wins, you get five or a, well, you get $280 in free plays, 56 to 1 odds. Now, Mike, which teams would you pick? Because you're not very good at this. But hey Mike, you know I, Mike, I have a question. What? Which teams would you pick? I'm I not very some, good at this. I got some teams for you. Oh, I, I very much like the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow. Uh, I think William Brad Alice, who was on uh, mm -hmm. uh, earlier, uh, agrees with me. I would also like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Eagles. So that's where I would go with. You know what? Eligibility restrictions do apply. New customers only, 21 and up. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you back on your feet and get you right back to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right. So um, now let's talk a little bit now about where this team, this Arizona team, where this Arizona team figures out in the entire uh, spectrum of the conference right here. Schuster has been saying from day one that he thinks that uh, USC is more of an issue for Arizona than UCLA. Watching UCLA yesterday, or excuse me, against Oregon a couple days ago, the one thing, though, that I think that UCLA is going to have a problem with with Arizona, and again, UCLA is really good, but UCLA does not have the height nor necessarily the athleticism that Arizona has. I mean, when you look at UCLA's core lineup, you got guys that are 5'11", 6'4", 6'4", 6'5", and 6'9". That's really tough when you're going against an Arizona lineup that is six foot, six eight, six seven, seven one, six eleven. What do you think about that matchup there, AG? And then and to Schuster's USC point. Well, uh, I mostly agree with that, but I'm kind of puzzled as to why we have to pick one or the other. They're both going to be really difficult. No, 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 yeah. Uh, that, let me rephrase real quick. I'm not asking you to pick one or the other. That would be a vintage Mike Luke question right there. <laughs> well, that, that's why I that's why I assumed that was the question. But that's not where I was actually going there. What I was just going with is what do you think about compare and contrast Arizona against UCLA and then against USC? Not who gives Arizona a more difficult matchup. That'll be for later when I text you at about 1230. <laughs> 
get ready for that. So I'm going to stick with you. I mean, I get I get what you're saying about the size, and UC and USC has that to match Arizona. Uh, I just think UCLA is the better team. Ergo, the better matchup or the harder matchup. You know, I don't. We uh, we know they lost to your Ducks, right? How are you feeling about your Ducks? Well, you know what, Crete's. I expect. I think Crete's going to win tonight as well. I think they're going to beat USC. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they're kind of back in the mix because they would have two top five road wins all of a sudden. Um, which is crazy, but yeah, totally, yeah. totally in character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's you know, exactly right. We, been, we we talked about that, Anthony, a couple a couple nights ago. Uh, how at this stage of the game, regardless of what Oregon does in the first six weeks to two months of the season, to undervalue what they're going to do in the second half at this point is just silly. Right. For sure. You know, there's been so much disruption in the schedule and all that stuff. So whatever, whatever a team's doing right now, or in this two to three week period, I'm not going to take too much um, into account because I think those teams will kind of revert and get back to what we thought they were. And what we, what we thought was that UCLA was the best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick with that. Okay, you're, so you're you're not back in the A. You're back in the U right now. They, uh, you, you, <laughs> C- <What> L- A. <laughs> they, this, is, this is navy blue. It's not powder blue, right? <laughs> no, it is not. Thank no. thank thank goodness. No. If you wear that on on the post game on January 25th, oh yeah. boy, there might there uh, assuming there actually is a post game on January 25th. Exactly. Who the hell knows? Exactly. Uh, there may be a banishing going on. Uh, I think you know. It, it, Thankfully, the conference has some top-heavy teams, and hopefully in the regular season they, they can play these games. If we are fortunate enough to have this quandary in the NCAA tournament, that means that a lot of teams in this conference made a deep run, and that would be a great problem. Be like have. last year. Yeah, it'd be like last year. It'd be great. Uh, in, uh, in, you know, for the conference as a whole, and uh, that's the kind. And if they could string those sorts of things together in consecutive seasons, I think that would go a long right. way toward – helping the Pac-12 be viewed in a much more legitimate fashion. Yeah. Uh, and it helps, obviously, that you have three teams ranked in the top five, but if you can actually make noise in the tournament for a, a cons- for consecutive seasons, now you have to take that uh, seriously again. Arizona is obviously on good footing. Hopefully, Lloyd can continue to recruit and replenish uh, what's going to probably leave next year. This is a This is a team that he has molded very well into a style that works uh, very effectively. Uh, so, you know, of all those teams, maybe Arizona is still the biggest question mark. We right. like Lloyd's style. We see that, uh, you know, he obviously does very good aesthetic things and what Arizona has done on both ends of the floor has been a lot of fun, but the cats are still, I think the big uncertainty when it comes to, you know, recruiting and the talent that uh, they're getting in here, at least now, can they get that talent? I have every reason to believe that that's the case. And we're, moving toward an era of Arizona basketball that's going to be very competitive, hopefully for the foreseeable future. But UCLA looks really darn good. And uh, USC's won, what, 25 or more games for the last five years? Maybe and, Elite Eight last year as well, for sure. And Dane Altman's probably the best coach in the conference. So, you, you know, you have, uh, you, have, you, you have four programs that are on very – solid footing and something we talked about the other night that with Anthony here, I wouldn't mind getting to as well. Um, Anthony, when you were on one of the other times, we had a little bit of a discussion in regards to what I thought about the conference as a whole. And you had a lot more optimistic uh, take on on what you thought the league was 
than I did at the time. Uh, but I would I would yield to your insight in regards to the way things have gone. And I think the conference has a solid middle ground that's a lot more competitive than maybe I anticipated. And I think that's a good thing. I think there's reason to believe that, you know, a Colorado, uh, a Stanford, a Cal, a Washington State, every now and again might pull up and pull off an upset against uh, one of what I guess right now I would regard as, you know, one of the top four teams in the league. I don't think that's out of the realm. And I think they're going to provide competitive matchups in this league on a fairly consistent basis, which hopefully is good for the conference as a whole and maybe good for Arizona come tournament time. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Shu, because I was totally willing to concede that you were right and I was more wrong. Yeah. Uh, because, But at least, I mean, you're kind of reckon, you're kind of making a case for, hey, maybe the conference isn't horrible. Yeah, I think the gist of it was better than I thought they were. Yeah, I, I mean, the gist of it at the time, I stand by yeah. what I said at the time. Good. But what I think we've seen over the well, course of the last you were right. four or six weeks is that these coaches have done a good job getting this these these teams better. And, and I think that bodes well for the conference as a whole. And so the long-term version of that, I think you were spot on. All right, let's get to some let's get to some listener comments here because you know what? That's what makes us unique. We don't want to hear ourselves and tell you about how great we are. You know what? We leave that for the other guys. We Can want we to have hear a segment you. like that, though. I'd love to do that. What's that? I'd love to have that segment, though. No, Tony's Tony's takes Talking is coming up. Here. We are. All right, so Tony's takes is coming up here, but let's get to some of these comments, though. Here, um, great. Yes. All right. So Eric Z said. Totally impressed with Lloyd. Was expecting a drop off or down year with Miller out, but nope, top five. You know, I'm not saying that this team wouldn't have been really good with Sean Miller, but there's games, there's times when I look at it and I say, all right, this team is clearly better than something that Sean Miller would have put out there. This game feels like if Miller was coaching, Arizona would have won, but it feels like it would have been far more of about an 8-11 to 11 point game there at the end where it's just kind of a slow slog. You kind of beat them down. Whereas with this team, you always feel that, all right, Arizona's down two. They're about to win by 19 as opposed to winning by six. That, to me, is a little bit of the difference right there that the the margin of victory in these games I don't think would have been nearly what it was with Miller as opposed to Lloyd. Am I crazy or are you guys uh, – so, so you're basically saying when it was like a one-point game with 12 minutes to go, Yes. anybody who had the Wildcats like giving up 20 points or so, still right. has a fair amount of hope. Is that kind of what you're saying, Mike? That's exactly what I'm saying. Didn't quite work out that way, but, you know, they pushed it over that margin for a while. Right. Yeah, you're totally totally right on that. And maybe maybe sometimes a margin of victory is overrated Mm -hmm. because victory is a victory. However you want to get your victory is great, but it also – margin of victory also kind of translates a lot of times into margin of error. And That's where I was going to go with that, yeah. Yeah. This team – yeah, can survive. At least it can survive against average to good teams while playing poorly for half the game or more. Right. Or Sean's teams would probably like because of that margin of error, keeping it close, having you a start winning, milking clock at the yeah, end. Having a winning when you're winning scores in the 60s, you don't have margin of error. Right. I mean, Arizona still got to whatever 84 points tonight, 82, mm-hmm. 82. Right. Where for a long time, well, they had. With like less than five minutes to go in the first half, they had 18. 
Mm-hmm. So they put up a bunch of points. Bunch of points. They put up a bunch of points really quickly. All right, Shu, I wanted to ask you about this one. Ricky Garrett just uh, Ricky Garrett put up. He said, love that Arizona moves up again with USC, UCLA, and Baylor getting losses. We could be looking at a team right here that Monday, you could be looking at the third or the second ranked team in the country right here, which has been a while since they've been in that kind of category. Yeah, no kidding. And and perhaps even more important, although that's speculative and so is this, a lot of the uh, folks who do, uh, you know, projected brackets uh, in the moment have Arizona as a number one seed, mm-hmm. uh, which is also the, a position that you want to be. So, so they're taking note of a lot of the analytics out there and the fact that Arizona is a one loss basketball team, you know, now that Baylor has dropped two, you know, there aren't a whole heck of a lot of teams out there with uh, just one setback. So it, uh, it, 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 you know, it looks logical that Arizona is a team that, you know, from a top 25 standpoint, you're just going to slot in there and rightfully so. Does that mean they're going to be a final four team? I don't know, but if Arizona can be, there are some really big games ahead. You don't want to, you know, and there's always a possibility you go on the road in one of these weird venues and, uh, you know, things ultimately don't go your way because the shot never falls and you just have one of those brutal off nights. That's the type mm-hmm. of thing that happened to Olsen, you know, once a year. Right. Uh, but but there are, you know, if Arizona can play a UCLA game, can play a USC game, Oregon game, get the, because they don't have a lot of big matchups left, but they have some potential marquee games on this schedule and if they can win their share of those then they're they're probably going to be tough to knock out of a number one seed and that's really helpful if you want to make a deep tournament run just from a simple statistical standpoint and that also means that you should hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX put down the five dollars right now on the NFL team that you think is going to win this wild card weekend, get the $280 if your team wins. And you know what? Take these smart men advice right here. Not me, John Schuster, Anthony Gimino, and go with what they would say. I don't know that AG has actually put up a pick right now, but uh, I'll put it to you like this because we're going to talk you of a football here in a minute. Um, over or under three wins next year for Arizona football, if you had that $280 to play with your DraftKings Sportsbook uh, free pick over. All right. We're going to get to that. All right. So, all right, let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up before we get to some, uh, U of a football here. Uh, Stu of a, who I incorrectly called on the post game show, St. U of a last, uh, <laughs> yes. Says Tommy brings excitement with a high octane offense. You know what else is actually really something that's high octane that's really kind of taken off? There's a lot of people that are saying, you know what, I'd like to see more of this, not less of this. And now I can't find it. Hold on. Uh, that was a good effort. I mean, you did you did oh, a phenomenal. Hey, oh, oh, that was almost one of the greatest segues in the history yeah. of Mike. But here it is. Here's oh, the segue. Is. Boom. Tony's takes. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that is beautiful. Oh, All right, Tony. Um what was what's your big takeaway from this game? And then I'm gonna have shoes the shaman shoe. I don't I just came up with that, but sorry, that's bad. Not not one of your better segues. No. You yeah. know what when um Tony Stakes when I foolishly texted you back and said, sure, I'll come on the show tonight. <laughs> I totally forgot about this segment. Um <laughs> but but <laughs> But I do want to change sports on you and the even level change- of professionalism there it is. right here. And I want to change uh, sports and 
teams on you. Okay. Because nothing this week gave me um, more satisfaction. I don't know if that's the right word. Than Todd Graham resigning at Hawaii. <laughs> so good. Um, that from the start was the worst coaching hiring fit in the history of college football. Now closely matched by LSU hiring Brian Kelly. Um, what about his Southern accent? Oh my God. But Todd Graham. Did you hear that, by the way? I was did. That? I'm also doing oh, yeah. my Todd Graham defensive uh, signals. Uh, yes. imitation here. With the uh, little uh, microphone. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, for uh, high, strong, um, totally out of, out of the Hawaii vibe. And everybody except whoever hired him could see this coming. Because Todd Graham imagines himself as some kind of disciplinarian some hardcore old school football guy. Right. And all he is is really a jerk. <laughs> he basically pissed off every every time he hopped Scott's job from Rice to Tulsa to who am I forgetting? Then he went to Pitt. Right. Um, then he pissed off Pitt because he left and had told his players via text message that he was leaving for ASU. So basically he's left behind bad feelings. Um <laughs> And just a bad taste wherever he's been. And so it gave me quite quite some satisfaction to see him resign after all this scandal and all the stories of just how horrible he's been in Hawaii. Yeah, that really doesn't surprise me. But that's also why you want to hop on the gophnx.com, get the membership. There's a great deal going on right now where if you hop on there, you get if you get the membership, you get a free back the A t-shirt. These things are going like hotcakes. Tony, have you seen these? Of course. Of course. Have I you got have you got one? I have not, Mike. Would you if I got you one, would you wear it? If you got me one, maybe. You gotta say, <laughs> I mean, I I, I spent 30 On years the job. Not, wearing, not wearing red because I didn't want, oh, to, you're a professional. I didn't want to look like I was supporting Arizona. It's gonna take me some time to kind of this post. You can back the eight. Would you wear a professional journalism world to um, kind of get into fan ish mode. All right, let's talk a little bit of uh, let's talk a little bit of U of A football. And he says, uh, uh, Stu of A, not Saint U of A. Um, because Tony is the football art, Anthony, sorry, Anthony is the football expert here. Um, this is, I have no clue if Jed Fish can coach. I gave Jed Fish a B grade for his performance this past year because I included recruiting. John Schuster gave him a resounding F. Um, because I did not agree with because I did not take into account recruiting. All I did was take into account that they were one and 11 during the season. That's all. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But Anthony, Mike's changing the, changing the rules of his grading system here, but that's, that, that's, I generally do things that try to make myself look better in the eyes of others. So Anthony joking aside, Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like this really. I mean, you're he's getting you you now every time there's an awesome uh, guy that enters the portal like a, a Travis Dye or a Jarek Broussard I'm just like all right well is he going to come to Arizona now I mean this is insane you're bringing it, it, in go ahead no no it is it is crazy to see um not only after the great signing day but then wave after wave of transfers so I would here here are my rules with Jed Fish and how how I would grade him one, his first task was to build some kind of interest, excitement in the program 
that involved a lot of a lot of outreach. I think he did that last offseason. Mm-hmm. I think he then blew most of that by losing to NAU. So I'm going to give him a B minus on that because of the NAU loss. Mm-hmm. Then he had to recruit well. He's recruited far above anything anybody expected, could expect, would hope for. I'm right. going to give him an A on that. Um, so now, um, heading, you know, I think I'm sure it'll be another positive off season up until the game starts. Jed K- Jedfish wins the off season. He he's won. He's he won he's the first off season. He's well on his way to winning the second off season, and now he's got to win about four games. Got four it. games, just enough to keep it going. Back it up with another solid class, and then I think you can take off. How good is Jaden Delora? I love him. I loved what I saw at Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be the best guy in the conference, but he was the freshman player. Of the so year. he's an he's an upgrade over uh, Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer. Well, yeah, we we can say that because we've seen that. We okay. know that. that's that's objective. We don't have we don't even have to offer opinion on that. We know what he's done. We know what the other two guys have done. Shu, what are your expectations there, Tony? Or sorry, Anthony just said. <laughs> Yeah, I actually am trying not to say that. Anthony said four wins. What do you What do you say? Uh, I I hope they're competitive and make uh, steps in the second half of the season. Uh, Stu of down below here, I think, has some good points about Arizona's overall depth and certainly what they need to do from a line standpoint. A big and, and big those things are absolutely critical. I don't expect Arizona to win a lot of games next year. Uh, I, I I hope that they're generally competitive, and what we see individually is from a fan standpoint, potential for some specific players where you can look at them and say, oh, yeah, that guy can play in this conference and be really good for this school uh, uh, with with some games in the future and some years in the future. And we're liking the look of that. Uh, And then you've got to build recruiting and build upon it and, and stack about two or three really solid recruiting classes together to get the depth that you need to be able to compete favorably. Let me me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys this. Oh, and first and foremost, also need to tell you guys a little bit about this uh, this development from the Arizona Department of Health and Human Services. This is for uh, this is something that might be up uh, Anthony's uh, Anthony's uh, uh, plateau. A little bit. Yeah, Ned. But now, all right. So, in short, here's the deal: the COVID vaccine, as I'm trying to find it right here, is now available to everybody, or is now available to five and oh, here we go. I got it. Is now available to people five and up. Um, it's, uh, it's free for everyone. Those 12 and older are now also uh, eligible for the booster. You can visit, uh, azhealth.gov for a location near you. You know what? If you can get it, uh, if you can get it, go out there and get it. Let's stay healthy. You know what, Anthony, that's right you know, down your alley. You know where, you know where else, if you're local here in Tucson or Pima County, you can go to Pima.gov slash COVID-19 vaccine. Wow. That's where I did it. There if it go. works for me, if it works for your site. So just use a search engine and track it down in that regard. I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. I feel well, like horror. Some- feel- wait, wait, shoot. Let me let me interrupt. Because uh-huh. we have some friends, mutual friends, uh-huh. who apparently don't know how to use Google. So we have to be really specific. <laughs> I see. Yes, and fair enough. One uh, of those may have the initials or may have also the first name John. 
Hmm. Wow. John. Amazing. Somebody yeah. who who may a very not close like, mutual friend of yours may not like years. our general take on the Chiefs and Steelers game uh, and doesn't particularly care for Brad Alice uh, <laughs> over the course of specifically tomorrow. But uh, so we'll have to see how our, uh, how our uh, mutual friendship uh, circumstances go there. I maybe we should just uh, be Switzerland and uh, stay out of that game and see what happens anyway. We have Tony's takes. Can we have Anthony's alley as well? Anthony's alley and Tony. Uh, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna text our producer that right now. Anthony's Lawrence. alley. I'm I'm never coming on the show again. <laughs> Dude, we you need are, to get one for. And by never, you yeah, mean always. How about the shoeman instead of the shaman? That's atrocious. <laughs> Is wait? I, I have a question. I have another question for Schuster since we're uh, just rambling at this point. Yes, Mister Jamino. Is do if you know. Uh-huh. I could Google this, but I haven't yet. But right. I would if you don't know the answer. Is John Schuster still the skip of the U.S. curling team? To the best of my knowledge, yes. Okay. Oh, because that's he is what... my favorite John Schuster. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, here's the thing. He's everybody's you... favorite John Schuster. Who if there's such think... a thing as a favorite John Schuster, it is that guy and not this guy. Well, and, and Juju Smith Schuster has been activated, so mm-hmm. now you're – you you're falling down the Schuster list. I really I I really am. But man, do I hear my last name called a lot? Oh, by the way, um, I want to let you know. So one thing that John Schuster absolutely hates is the new terms that the uh, the younger generation has come up with. The uh, so he doesn't like fire or lit. Oh, but not just put there. What's that? Yes, no. But do you know what? There is one up here from my guy Kobe Thiel, who is definitely what a younger uh, part of the younger generation, who said Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw for four hundred and fifty yards and five tutties tomorrow. <laughs> what do you think about tutties, John Schuster? Well, I, I think <laughs> I, I think tutties sounds kind of like. <laughs> dropping a chicken in mud and to a large degree that's kind of like how roethlisberger's been throwing the football lately so if he's throwing if tutties are like thuddies then uh, it could be uh, maybe that's accurate and uh, maybe he's gonna throw 450 yards for kansas city tomorrow i'm uh i'm a little that's that's a hell of a that's that's a hell of a trendy <laughs> phrase right there <laughs> all right i think I don't know. I probably uh, wrote over ten thousand. I'm, I'm, I'm much older. One. I'm much older than from the greatest generation. <laughs> she is definitely from the greatest generation. All right, guys. Let's yeah. Anthony. I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, we haven't. Uh, hopefully, we haven't uh, uh, scared you off. If we bring back, would you prefer Anthony's alley over Tony's takes? It's got alliteration. Do you have to get your do you have to get your graphics guy to do more work? <laughs> well, no, I can oh, though. I they don't want to create work for your graphics guy. I've actually gotten in trouble though for not using enough graphics. So, oh. Anthony, this help me help you. Anthony's alley and transitions into Tony's takes. Sure. All right. <laughs> Anyways, I'll see you in two months, Mike. Before before we sign off here, Anthony, and then Schuster, this this team to me. Oh, and by the way. Who do you think is more uh, uh, confused? Uh, do you think more people think uh, that John, John Schuster is related to Juju Sh- Schuster or Rayshon Speedy Luke being related to Michael Aaron Luke? Have you gotten anybody that's asked you about this, Anthony? Uh, I've just seen some things on Twitter, but in retrospect, that was just from you. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just building the brand. All right. Yes or no before we yes or no before we go. How about that? 
for the kids. Um, Arizona, is this a Arizona basketball? How legitimate are they as a national title contender, Anthony? Uh, they, you kind of know what I always say. That, oh, no, that's why I asked. That generally I put teams in they this team should reach, could slash should reach the Elite Eight, and then you take your chances. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put this team in that bucket that mm-hmm. this is an elite eight team. If they get there, that'd be great. Anything else is gonna be dependent on matchups, luck, as our buddy Steve Rivera says, how you play that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you get yourself uh, you get yourself in position, and in the absence of a hugely dominant team across the country. Maybe you like your chances a little more than, uh, than you might otherwise. Shoot. Statistically, if Arizona can be a number one or a number two seed in the tournament, then their chances of going deeper in the field improve only because of the likelihood statistically that things get a little wonky below possibility of upsets opening up a bracket here and there. Those are good. What I would look at from Arizona standpoint is a series of questions that maybe we can discuss on another show a little bit later. Can Arizona win if they shoot poorly from three-point range? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Can Arizona win if they're one-dimensional with one guy offensively? The answer is yes. Uh, Can Arizona win if they pass the ball, move things around, and – you know, get their offense going? The answer is yes. Can they, Arizona, One it's one of the things that you guys talked about a little bit earlier in regards to Arizona's expanded margin of error. Fact that Arizona can have rough patches here and there and still find ways to be successful bodes well for them. And let's use the three-point shooting tonight as an example. You got to run through six games in the NCAA tournament to hang a banner at the end of the year. In one of those games, you're probably not going to shoot threes particularly well. And if that's all you've got, you might get knocked off. So what do you have to are, – are you able to work through it if you're not shooting particularly well? And it seems like right now Arizona's got a lot of weapons that gives them an opportunity to at least be competitive. And if you're competitive more often than not, then, you know, you got a shot at uh, being a problem in this thing. And I think that's all you can ask. There are a lot of teams out there that are a potential problem for Arizona. But Arizona is a team that is a potential or realistic problem for a lot of uh, a lot of those other teams as well. All right. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave everybody on this note right here. Interesting story real quick. A quick story at the dog park that uh, I encountered today. So. Basically, an elderly man was at the dog park and he was yelling at this, uh, he was yelling at his dogs to stop arguing or whatever they were doing. And this woman yelled at him to stop yelling at the dogs. He then proceeds to say, woman, I have been bitten by a camel and hid from a hippo. I can yell at the Queen of England if I so desire. I don't even know what, I don't even know why I just put that out there, but it was one of the funniest things in person with the deep accent that I've ever seen in my life. So you know what? If you've hid from a hippo or been bit by a camel, you can certainly yell at the Queen of England. That's the mo- that that's today's motto, and mm-hmm. it's a mantra by which we should all live. Yep. You know what? For I'd like a- to see that on a graphic, Mike. Ah, I actually, or maybe, maybe I or maybe, maybe on a DraftKings T-shirt. <laughs> or, 
Anthony, shoot. Is that the back of the back of the A t-shirt? <laughs> right at the back of the A t-shirt. I can yell at the King of England if I've been bit by a hippo or hit from a hippo. Excuse me. All right, Anthony, as always, we appreciate you. You're a good sport. Shoe, I will talk to you probably in about five minutes. Um, <laughs> we'll everybody, I know you're jealous there, Anthony. I can, I can text you if, I, if needed. As need be. Uh -huh.